I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this a couple of times a week. You can subscribe at iTunes for free. iTunes, Heidi Harris Show. I also post these at HeidiHarris.com. And you can catch my live radio show weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. at AM 670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. I just heard a term today that I had not heard before. Churches now call themselves, some churches anyway, welcoming and affirming. And the reason that came to my attention was because there is a conservative megachurch pastor, Bishop Larry Trotter of Chicago's Sweet Holy Spirit Church. I had not heard of him, uh, but there was a story in the Christian Post about him. And apparently he had been invited to speak at a church called the Powerhouse Church of Deliverance in Indiana after learning that the church's pastor, Keith McQueen, is in a same-sex marriage. Trotter, who's known for his gospel songs such as My Worship is for Real and It's Only a Test, was featured on a flyer, and they were going to have uh, an anniversary weekend celebration. He accepted the speaking engagement, he said, without full knowledge about the church or its leaders. Bishop Trotter, in an interview, said it's unfortunate now that you have to screen people before you accept an engagement. And I was floored when I saw the flyer yesterday with me speaking and the comment under it basically saying that I'm sanctioning same-sex marriage and ministry, which is far from the truth. And, you know, he didn't know, and how do you know all the time? Obviously, you should check these things more closely. But this pastor of the uh, church that he was going to be speaking in, calls his ministry a welcoming and affirming ministry. Okay, let's start with that. First of all, everybody should be welcome to come to church. Everybody should be welcome to come to the cross. Everybody should be welcome to get some information about God and about Jesus and about the Bible and about uh, Christianity in general or, you know, a synagogue or any place of worship. People should be welcome to come in. But when you talk about affirming, what does that mean? That means that you're saying, I guess, based on his definition, that you're allowed to pretty much do whatever you want to do, that no matter what you want to do, it's okay. That's not what the Bible says. Now, you can say that in life if you want to. You can tell your friends, you can tell your kids, you can tell anybody you want. Uh, Anything you do, honey, is fine by me. Okay. I'm affirming all of your choices. Okay, that's fine. But when you're running a church, you can't really do that because you're in direct conflict with the Bible. For example, let's say you were just a malicious gossip and you were getting on Facebook and posting all kinds of lies about people and things like that. Would a pastor in a church that you were going to say, well, that's fantastic. I'm going to affirm the fact that you're gossiping about people in church, or I'm going to affirm the fact that you're having an affair with the member of the congregation and everybody knows about it. But when people say they're welcoming and affirming, I mean, that's crazy. And I guess that's what they call them now. I didn't realize this. Apparently, there's a growing community, according to the Pastor McQueen, a growing community of affirming churches that are seeking the approval of conservative leaders, but he can't be that voice, he said. He said, we have some affirming churches here in Chicago. They're not as strong as Atlanta or Indianapolis, but there's some around that I think they're seeking endorsement or seeking sanctioning and maybe why they invited me to preach. They may be seeking me to say, okay, uh, you know, we'll be all right, but I can't be that person. He's exactly right. Bishop Trotter is correct. See, what's interesting is if you call yourself a welcoming and affirming church, in other words, there is no sin, whatever people want to do is fine then why are you seeking the endorsement of people you know are conservative? If you truly believe, and I don't know how many times I've said this, how many ways I've said this over the air, 
and over the years. If you truly believe that what you're doing is correct, why do you need anybody else to rubber stamp it? Why do you need anyone else to salute it? And there's been such a movement for the last few years of people who want you to not only go along with what they do, but they want you to salute what they do. And I will continue to refer to an email I got a while back when I had some controversy regarding some comments I made about marriage and somebody emailed me and said, I shouldn't have to suffer hatred and bigotry because of who I love. Well, I don't hate anybody, so I don't know who he was referring to. It wasn't me. Uh, well, serial killers I don't like too much, but he wasn't talking about me. I'm sure I don't hate anyone. But the point is, nobody's entitled to have you salute things. You can walk down the street, two men holding hands, and no one's going to hurt you in most of the country, maybe some tiny little places, but in general, no one's going to hurt you. Your civil rights will be respected. That's all you're entitled to, my friend. You're not entitled to people to salute what you're doing, whether they're believers or not. There are a lot of people who have problems with gay relationships who aren't even Christians. I don't care where anybody spends the night. Why would I care? But I didn't write the Bible. God has all kinds of prohibitions in the Bible that he knows are going to make your life more difficult. Gossip, adultery, pride. How many people have made stupid decisions based on pride? How many? I'm raising my hand. I totally raising my hand. Have you said the wrong thing based on pride? Have you done the wrong thing based on pride? You know, the old expression, pride goeth before a fall. That's absolutely true. And God talks about bringing down the arrogant and he will exalt the humble. There's a reason for that. Pride is talked about a lot in the Bible. In fact, Pride and gossip are talked about more in the Bible than sexual crimes or sexual sins. But you know what? Sex is still, some type of sex, is still a sin according to, not Heidi Harris, according to God. Now, if you're a pastor of a church and you're supposed to be basing your church on the Bible, how can you possibly ignore that? How can you say to people, well, whatever you want to do is fine? When God says it's not okay, God's got a problem with it for whatever reason. And clearly God feels like your life's not going to be as good as it could if you feel gay or if you behave in a, in a gay lifestyle, whatever it might be. Now, I don't have that particular, uh, what's the word, temptation. I've never been tempted to be attracted to females. It's just not my thing. So I don't know what it's like to have that temptation. And I don't know why, and I've talked to people about this, why does God care what two men do with each other or two women? I don't know. It doesn't make a difference to me, but I'm not a Christian. And if you're going to base your ministry on the Bible, then you need to pay attention to what God wants people to do and say, listen, you know, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to come and condemn you and knock on your door. But when you come to my church, understand that I'm not going to rubber stamp. I'm not going to salute. I'm not going to say whatever you do is okay. If you're coming into this church and you're carrying on an adulterous affair, for example, you show up at church with your girlfriend and your wife's not there or your wife's out of town or whatever it is, what church would allow that? if everybody knew it. I mean, I'm sure there may be our churches that have no problem with that. But why is it that suddenly just the gay lifestyle is something that everybody goes, oh, it's okay. No matter what you do, that's fine. God affirms that. God doesn't affirm that. There are many things that God doesn't affirm. That's why we have a savior because all of us are rotten sinners, every single one of us. And we could go down the list of sins and most of us have committed many of them. And you say, okay, did it make my life better when I gossiped? Did it make, like, make my life better when I was uh, acting prideful? Did it make my life better if I was doing this or that? And that's what God looks at. 
God says, this will make your life better if you stay on the straight and narrow. If you commit adultery, your marriage will be destroyed. Your children will be destroyed. It's a disaster for you. It's a disaster for society. These are the kind of things you're not supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be lying about others. Lots of other things that don't even involve sex. But all of a sudden, I'm welcoming and affirming as a church, meaning you can do whatever you want to. Well, that's not how God is. Now, God says... You can come to God and obviously come to the cross as a sinner because we all are. But there's no place in the Bible that says, go ahead and keep sinning. Remember that woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus said to her, keep going, but don't sin anymore. Hello. He didn't go. That's okay, sweetie. Keep on going. I know that, you know, it was tempting and he was hot. and It was no big deal. Uh, That's not what Jesus said. So what is this welcoming and affirming movement? I guess I must have missed it because I don't go to a church like that, but it's a little shocking to me welcoming and affirming as, and what's insulting about that is as if a church that is biblically based, that actually believes in the Bible is not welcoming and affirming. But when you affirm somebody in their sin, you do them a disservice. That's not what a pastor is supposed to do. Pastors who adhere to the Bible are going to be held accountable by God, my friends. And if you tell somebody, oh, it's fine, honey, whatever you want to do, would you tell that to your children? Honey, whatever decision you want to make in life is fine by me, regardless of what we're talking about, sex, anything else. Would you tell your children that they can do whatever they want to and there'll be no consequences for anything? It's it's fine, honey. Go out and play ball in the street. You know, don't wear your helmet when you're riding a bike. Uh, You know, walk up to a strange dog and put your hand in his face, whatever. Would you tell your children that they can do whatever they want to? No, you wouldn't. And neither does God. And if you're a pastor, it's your job to uphold the biblical standard. Once again, we're all sinners. We all fall short. But pastors are supposed to uphold the biblical standard. And I don't see that happening, certainly not in the welcoming and affirming movement. How insulting is that? As if the rest of us don't care about anybody. No, we do. And we see which lifestyles and which behaviors lead to disaster. And most of them are not sexual. As my friend Frank Turek says, and he is a great apologist, travels the country all the time. He wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist and other books. And he's got it so right when he says sex is the new religion. That's what it's come down to for people. They don't want to be told they're doing anything wrong. And listen, you want to go do something, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. But don't say that the Bible gives you a free pass because it doesn't give any of us a free pass on anything. There are standards you must adhere to. There are standards you have to adhere to at work, at home, in your marriage, in your friendships, uh, you know, driving down the street, there are standards you must adhere to, or you're going to get a ticket. All of us have standards. And all of a sudden people don't want there to be standards. And pastors are afraid to speak the truth because they're afraid they're not going to have enough butts in the seats to keep the doors open. Oh, well. But I'd rather be, if I were a pastor, which I'm not, of course, I would rather be a pastor of a small church of people and hold to the truth than go ahead and say whatever people want and, you know, fill the place up. That's why I'm always suspicious of these big churches, because a lot of times nobody's being convicted. Nobody's being told anything is wrong. I've actually been told that as a person who speaks at churches, there are churches who don't want to hear the message that I have, which is if you stand up for God, God will make sure that you eat. And I've certainly experienced that myself, but there are churches that don't want to hear that. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want anything like that. How sad is that? Because they're afraid. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. The apostles were not afraid. The apostles had their lives threatened and many of them were killed. And guess what? They weren't the least bit afraid to speak 
They spoke until the very last moment. They spoke truth. And we've got pastors today who are wusses, who don't belong behind the pulpit because they won't take a tough stance on anything. And the worst part is they're misleading their flock into believing that anything is okay. That's not what God says. And that's their job as a pastor is to inform their flock, impart the information, the biblical information, this is what God says is right for your life. And if they don't do that, they might as well just give up the pulpit because they are going to be held accountable by God for misleading people. And boy, I don't even want to be there when that happens. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can catch my live radio show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KMZQ, 670 a.m. in Las Vegas, where we talk about all kinds of things, some social issues, political issues, you know, whatever's happening mainly in Vegas, but national stuff too. You can also catch these podcasts a couple of times a week. Subscribe at iTunes, Heidi Harris Show. I post them also at HeidiHarris.com and pick up my brand new book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Boy, do I have some stories. So check all that out at HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember... You were created for a purpose, and God wants you to live it. Here's Tony Scottwell. 